welcome to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast inspired by extraordinary women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking to many incredible women about their life journey and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Inda grew up in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. She studied medicine in the UK before settling in Australia after meeting her husband, a fellow doctor. Having her daughter four years ago changed Inda's view of her career, and she recently stepped back from the fast-paced world of surgical training to take a year off. She is now following her creative passions of writing and art. Welcome, Inda. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so nice. (laughs) So when I met you, we met at a writing retreat and I was just so impressed. I couldn't believe you were a surgeon and you were here on a writing retreat as well. So you had these creative talents as well as obviously medical science and that other side of you. Um, And I just found that fascinating. So I'd love to chat to you a little bit today about both of those worlds, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. So do you tell me a little bit about your background, um, starting with growing up in Malaysia? What was that like? What were your influences as you grew up? So, um, yep, like you said, I grew up in Malaysia. I lived in Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital. And um, my parents had quite humble beginnings, but I think they worked quite hard and they were they became successful at their careers. And so they were really able to provide the best for their children, which is what they always wanted. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I had quite a safe, secure childhood when I was growing up. I had lots of opportunities. We got to travel a lot, um, gain lots of exposure. And um, yeah, it was a pretty happy childhood, I think. Yeah. Um, Kuala Lumpur is, um, you know, it's a city. We, we were in the suburbs, but it's a city. Um, we still had family back in the rural areas as well, and we go and visit them every couple of weeks or every month. Um, so we were really in touch with extended family. Um, and, and there were always books. I was always a bookworm. It was one of my first and last things. Um, passions, I think, and I think the earliest thing I can remember wanting to be was a writer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was always scribbling really horrible <laughs> stories. <laughs> really. <laughs> what kind of stories did you write? Oh, like, you don't want to know, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I had a laugh recently because we went um, back to his home in London and his parents brought out this huge suitcase with lots of old, um, you know, school homework. And he had all these silly stories as well. And I was like, I have all these silly stories too. It's just so ridiculous. But um, I I just remember, you know, I always wanted to to write and to have a book that was written by me. Um, but also I think reading a lot uh, gives you a lot of sort of... Um, humanistic views and idealist views um and because of that I ended up doing medicine instead um so I went went to uni to become a doctor and what what drove you like a book do you mean 
should I reach that decision? World and <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I, well, also I I was very much um, drawn to the sciences. I really mm-hmm. love um, sciences, biology, physics, and all of that. And I think in in Malaysia, at least when I was going to school, things were very divided. You know, you you kind of um, everybody sits a couple of major national exams and based on how well you do in exams, you're either science stream or art stream. So they kind of divided that quite early on. And if yeah. you're in science stream, you, you know, you basically you figure, oh, you're probably not going to be good at art and vice versa, which, which I've realized is completely wrong. Um, yeah. But then I was in a science stream and um, I decided to um, do medicine. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't regret that decision. I think it's been quite fulfilling. Um, and then I also decided to kind of um, go for the most grueling, most masochistic career pathway and do general surgery as well. Do <laughs> you study yeah. in Malaysia? Um, I, I studied in, in Malaysia up till International Baccalaureate, um, which is a couple of years after high school. And then I went to the UK to study medicine. Um, so I graduated from the UK. I did um, my houseman year in the UK and then got itchy feet and really wanted to travel. So I actually took some time out and traveled and um, thought I was going to go back home to Malaysia to work. But I detoured to Australia because um, a couple of my seniors in the UK actually spent a year out in Australia and said, you know, it's actually really nice out there. Um, yeah. Different the world is really warm. Um, they recognize our UK degree, so why don't you give it a shot? Um, so I landed a job in Australia as a resident, and this was in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met my husband there, so yeah. that's a scanner in the works as well. Um, and in the end, we just ended up. I, I did go back to Malaysia to work for a year, but um, essentially, I you know I ended up staying in Australia and got. Uh, got onto the surgical training program here and now we're in Brisbane. Wow and your husband's a surgeon as well? No he does epilepsy so he's a neurologist who specializes in epilepsy yep. Wow amazing (laughs) (laughs) and so just to give everyone an idea how many years are we talking in your training to become a surgeon? So I'm probably a bit different in the sense that I've kind of hopped around a lot and yeah. you know different places and stuff so my career path is not very streamlined mm-hmm. um but it's five years of university one year of housemanship in the uk i came out here to do about three more sort of um resident years mm-hmm. uh, and then got into a training program and the training program is five years for general surgery and i'm just over halfway through wow okay. It is amazing. And I can imagine, um, like with any career, there'd be a lot of ups and downs, positives and negatives. What are what are some of the highlights of your medical career so far? Um, I I mean I so as as we will probably talk about throughout this interview, things have changed yeah. a lot. But you know, um one of the things that kept me going in general surgery was the fact that I really, I really love, um, you know, uh, how would I explain it? I kind of thrived on there being a lot of action. And when I mean action, I don't mean like ER, you know, saving gunshot wounds or anything like that. It can be just normal every day, you know, just seeing everyone on the ward. But you can see, you know, it was nice to see people get better. 
It was nice to see progress happening. And even when there was volume of work um, Mm -hmm. and we were busy run off our feet, you always kind of ended the day with the sense that, you know, I've really done something worthwhile today. And um, I think that keeps a lot of us going. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, I I can't even recall right now, like anything (laughs) super amazing or heroic in just one particular episode, but just that sort of, day-to-day purpose. yeah day-to-day sense of yeah. purpose yeah yeah amazing and what are what do you think some of the challenges are so um first up definitely the working hours yeah. uh we'd start ward rounds quite early depending on what kind of term we're on um it can be as early i've i've started ward rounds at um 6.15 in the morning, meaning that I'd have to, I, that was uh, at a hospital that was about 45 minutes drive away. So I'd have to leave the house at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. Um, so, you know, occasionally even earlier than that and yeah. work till everything was done. So really late at night. Um, yeah. And um, it is, it is quite tough when you really stop to think about it. You're going into a place of sickness every single day you spend all your daylight hours surrounded by some good news but a lot of bad news as well and I think that everybody does need to kind of step back and and take a break and and recognize that because you you know the the old school thinking in in surgery or um you know these type of professions is you got to be tough (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um yeah, and yeah, yeah you got to be tough. You got to be tough in lots of different parts of life, but you've got to you've got to really recognize um, your own heart as well. The, you know, no one's expected to kind of take on all of this really depressing stuff all the time and not be able to debrief about it. Absolutely, and you've got to take care of yourself because how can you function properly? Yeah, exactly. You're all weighed down by everything. Yeah, exactly. And do you think that that played a role at all in your decision to follow your creative passion? So you've taken a year off from medicine. Yeah. And you're following your passion of writing and you're an amazing artist as well. Did that um, kind of heaviness that you have, um, full-on expectations, play a role? Yeah, definitely. I think it... it, it was sort of percolating through very, very slowly, just waiting for me to wake up and realize this is what I needed. Um, but the biggest wake-up call was when I had my daughter. So I've got, I have a daughter who's just turned four years old. Yeah. And so four years ago, <laughs> thank you. Um, four years ago, uh, when she came into our lives, everything changed. Just yeah. everything that I knew um, was not what I thought I knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It shakes your world around. It shakes your world around. Um, my goals, my ambitions, my priorities all just completely changed. So I, I planned to take six months off. And I'd always thought that oh, six months off is more than enough time for maternity leave and I'd be fine. Um, I was really wrong. Yes, <laughs> I started becoming really jealous of all my friends who actually took a year off. And um, and I also um, uh, managed to, well, I applied for part-time training. Um, and it was approved based on college policy um, uh, with the College of Surgeons. But it, there was still a lot of teething processes. Um, it wasn't a very common thing to do. 
um, even even you know four years ago. I think it's starting to become a bit more common now. A lot of people are advocating for it now, um, for 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 reasons of parenthood, but for any any other reason. You know, it's not just for women. Um, and um, but yeah, I remember there were a lot of phone calls, people calling me to try and suss out how this is going to work. There are lots of emails across departments, um, just trying to sort of um, make this little make it happen, basically, because it was so uncommon. So it, a lot of pressure to just cave in and say, "Oh, it's all right. I'll just come back full time," you know. Exactly, but that would have that would have been horrible, you oh. know. Like you know, my son's oh. old and. Um, you know, I really fear knowing what normal surgical hours were like. I really oh. thought, oh my gosh, she's just not going to recognize me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that there are a lot of surgeons, both male and female, who work full time. And you know, they they are great parents as well. But I think that along the way, one of the things that I realize is um, it's it's what you want. It's what That's you right. want to be. Right. The kind of you want to be. And you know, this this is the kind of time that I wanted to have with my daughter and this is how I think that it, um, to make it happen. So I applied for, full, uh, for part-time work um, and, and it was, um, it was good. Like I really great the opportunity um, that they gave me to do part-time. There were a lot of breathing problems, like I said, um, yeah. but at the same time it was quite hard because you all, you are, you're not part-time anything really. You're just no. trying to fill a lot of different spaces um but it was the, it was the best I had and yeah. I applied for another part-time year and then I applied for another part-time year so my surgical career path really stretched out because I was always doing things you know slowly um yeah. which was fine for me mm-hmm. um and then um so last year I had the opportunity to do part-time but the only place they had it uh, you know that was available for me to do it to job share with someone else was up in the sunny coast yeah. um, I'd heard Just about what two hours from where you live uh, two hours yeah so yeah. it's a two-hour drive yeah um, and it would be a, a week on and a week off mm-hmm. um, and I heard really good things about the hospital and I did find it an excellent place to work um, mm-hmm. but it also meant that I'd have to leave my family down in Brisbane for a week at a time oh. um, Um, We had my sister um, living with us for a little while and she's a great aunt so she was you know we couldn't have done it without her so she really sort of filled in whenever I was away Um, so I knew my daughter was in safe hands but it just did not make it any easier you know I'm falling every Sunday night and I tuck (laughs) to bed and I'm driving up to sunny coast and then so, oh, there were so many Mondays when I kind of come into work at a handover and then we have to set up for theater. I'd make sure everything was fine and I'd duck out to, um, to the um, change rooms and have a little cry and then get back to work again. Oh, <laughs> it, it was awful. Um, and, you know, um, it was just really tough. I was really trying to be the best doctor that I could while I was there and work yeah. really hard. Um, mm. But at the same time, all of these other feelings were kind of bubbling up. And I knew that I had to kind of face the fact that, look, right now, these are my priorities. This is what I wish I could do with my life. I wish I could have more time with my family. Um, In the background, I'd started becoming uh, more serious about writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and I joined writing groups and so on and so forth. So that started to come to the fore as well. And I was, you know, while I was thinking all of this, I was like, oh, but I, you know, I'd, I'd also love to have some time to kind of explore all these other things that I wouldn't have time to do. Um, and um, so I, we have a midterm assessment and an interim assessment in the hospital. Um, yep. And at my midterm assessment up at the sunny coast, I sat in front of all my lovely bosses. They were honestly just so lovely and they were giving me all this feedback. And then they <laughs> asked the simplest question. You know, they were asking me about exam preparation and this and that and all the technical questions. And then they asked, and how are you? And I <laughs> down and cried. <laughs> I can imagine why though with all of those conflicting emotions and, yeah. and needs. Because when you're a creative person... It's yeah. kind of an option to do something creative. It's like a need you need to yeah. express. You're thinking right? about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they were. I I think they were. St- I think I was stunned. Like I was yeah. not expecting to do that at all. I was thinking, oh my god, I'm so unprofessional. Um, <laughs> they were going, whoa. <laughs> but they were so nice about it, and they assured me that I'm in no way abnormal. Um, that it's it's good insight. Um, on my part to understand that this is what I need because what and it's true what they say you know it's it's a tough it's a tough profession Um, these things are going to happen and what you want to do is recognize it as they are happening or before they happen rather than have to pick up the pieces afterwards Um, yeah so that really helped to sort of help have that on the open and I finished off my term um had a lot of chats with different bosses along the way and every single one of them were so supportive um and as of february this year um i i was free (laughs) (laughs) for a little while so um yeah so that's began my year of mischief yeah and i love that so much like i think it's such a brave thing to do to step away from a career that's taken you so long to get to where you are and obviously knowing that you're going to be stepping back in and all of that like you know your job is safe but it's still brave to do what not many other people would do you know jump out of that for a year and follow your passion instead um i just think it's incredible and how have you found the year so far like i know you've been doing art classes and yeah oh my gosh it's it's been awesome yeah Um, it's like the first couple of the first couple of weeks, um, instantly my husband said, and my mom said, my mom was sort of Skyping in from Malaysia and saying, you look happier than I've seen you yeah. for a little while. And that was such a good feeling. And honestly, you know, I wake up in the morning and um, I would have all these ideas, but I can now sit down and write or kind of do art or whatever and plan things with my daughter and so on and so forth. Um, and I've, I've been really trying to cram in a lot of things. So we met at the Nash retreat. um, And that same month, I also went down to Sydney for a children's book um, conference, the Skibby conference. Um, I've gone to two other conferences since then related (laughs) to children's writing. I've done like workshops at the local library and writing center. Um, What else have I done? Oh, yes, I took... um, I. Uh, I went to art class, as in watercolor class, first time yeah. like my life that I can actually be an art student. Like before yeah. this, I'm 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 quite new to art. I think I started, you know, trying to draw and things like that um, when I was on maternity leave, so about four years ago. And mm-hmm. I've been watching YouTube videos and buying, you know, 
art books and stuff, but to, to actually be in a class is really nice. Yeah. Does that feel amazing, like from when you were saying in Malaysia you were one of the science students? Yeah. You, know, you really do art. It must feel yeah. so freeing to be able to do yeah, that. It, is. it really it really is. And um, it's really funny because it, when I do post things online, the ones that are most surprised, I think, are my high school classmates. Okay. Yeah. You, you never did this <laughs> <laughs> when we were growing up. You're a science girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love that you're such an example of that you can be both. You know, there aren't yeah. no and I, and I really. That earlier, I've always, I've always loved art. Like I remember in where we grew up in Malaysia, there was, um, there was a local mall, and every once in a while they'd have like a little exhibition, and I used to just adore all the pieces, but just you know, kind of as a spectator, thinking I could never do something like that. Yeah. And, and it's nice to be able to, you know, really explore lots of different things now. Mm-hmm. Yes, position, I feel like, because I, I was chatting to uh, another colleague of mine recently as well, who was who kind of like exhibiting all these symptoms, all the things that I've been feeling yeah. um, the, the year before and was um and ahhing about whether or not she should ask for either year out or, or part-time training or so on and so forth. And I said, well, it's totally your choice, but this is what's happened to me, and I can only vouch for how how good it's been for me. Um, yeah. But I think that it's nice to have um, alternatives in every sort of career path so that people can kind of look around them and say, well, you know, if this is not working out, you can just tweak it a little bit, and maybe I can do this instead. Yeah. Um, especially for something as daunting as surgery, I think you really need to have that kind of um, balance. Yes, absolutely. And I think the fact that, um, you know, you're in that meeting with your bosses and, mm-hmm. in, you know, just asking for it because sometimes you might think, oh, you know, they'd never say yes to that. Yeah. I'd lose my career. But just by asking and you were so surprised, pleasantly yeah. surprised by how supportive yeah. they were. And I think sometimes yeah. it is, it's just the asking for what you want because yeah. often there's a way around it and yeah, exactly, exactly. I totally agree. And I think that in, um, I mean, surgery is hard and uh, you, you probably are aware that there have been some, um, uh, you know, cases where people are really bullied, junior doctors really bullied mm-hmm. to the point of physically and mentally breaking down. And I think that's just really awful mm-hmm. um, for that to happen to someone because, um, you know, as a junior doctor, or as a registrar, we work so hard to mm-hmm. find improve ourselves and do the best for our patients and um it just really breaks my heart when i when i hear about uh, cases like that um and um i you know i i've never had that degree of um bullying or anything like that happening to me mm-hmm. um but it's it's really important for people to look out for each other and i think that in this day and age um we're getting better at that yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's no longer the case of like I'm I'm too scared to talk to my bosses about something. Yeah. Uh, you know, these days, like you say, you know, if you ask, you might actually find that the person on the other side is actually really receptive. That's right. And just you know, things like you sharing your experience with other people, mm-hmm. it's like that ripple effect. You know, that will help somebody else. And even if they don't take the advice, they might pass that on to someone else. Yeah. 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 It's a good and the thing I was thinking about was how when you um, you know, at, at the start of this year, uh, I really felt like, 
it, it was a hard decision to make. One, because it was just fraught with uncertainty. Um, yeah. Secondly, because it wasn't a very common career path. Um, mm-hmm. But also, having gone through all those hurdles, I do feel like, you know, if you put yourself out to the universe, that things start to kind of respond to you. Energy start to respond to you. Things fall in place. Um, and... Um, so like I, like I mentioned, uh, very early on in the year, I had all these different um, writing-related things that I attended and stuff. But um, my first picture book contract also arrived in February, like Yay. a few weeks after <laughs> just this email came out of the blue. And it was one of the yeah. earliest stories I'd written, and I submitted it in September and hadn't heard till February. So honestly, I thought that shit had failed. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, it was, it was a really... Um, special moment as uh obviously it was my first and um i'd been really hoping for it but also i realized that maybe it took this long because had that had that um news arrived last year when i was really busy at work and trying to juggle everything it wouldn't have been as sweet it would would have been yeah exactly but now it really just felt like this opening you know I've got all this time now to like focus on this other thing and and something this gift kind of like drops in and I could even you know I could really appreciate it more um and opportunities like that just kept on coming up the more connections that I make with people the more um I learned about the craft and everything and it's just it's just been such a wonderful kind of um energizing things experience I love that and I think you're such a good example as well of putting yourself out there and just trying a whole lot of different things and because your energy is so uplifting and you're enthusiastic that's what you're attracting I really believe that that you know this is your your year of creativity and that's why it's all coming to you because that, yeah. like you said, it's what you're putting out there and it's the divine timing of it and yeah. I feel really, really lucky, honestly. I can't, um, I would like to recommend a year off for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best idea ever. A year of quite low productivity of- <laughs> but high creativity <laughs> across yeah. the board. Absolutely, <laughs> like even, like all jokes aside, not even to that extreme, but just making time for yourself to do something that you love I think that's so important even if it's just an an hour a week just doing something whether you're creative or just something you enjoy doing I think that's so important for balance mental health and yeah yeah. so Inda what would you write in a letter to your yesterday Ooh, um any age any age what like maybe an age where you you felt there was some advice that you know now that would have yeah. helped them. Yeah. Um, I would say I would probably pick um, sort of my early teen years mm-hmm. when I was like this skinny, scrawny, nerdy kid. Um, because I feel like, looking back, I feel like those years are when you really haven't figured out yourself yet. You haven't figured out how the world works. You haven't figured out who you are. But it's also the age where you have so much passion and um, a lot of beliefs. Yeah. And I probably would write, start off by writing to her and saying that I'm so proud of her and mm-hmm. her ideas, her beliefs and her passions and her ideals and curiosities and just whatever she's trying to do right now. Um, 
the fact that she wants to stand up for what she believes in in her own way. And I would say to her to just all, always follow those passions, um, not get too stressed out about technicalities or what people think because it all just leads to heartache in the end. But um, just go with her gut. And if her passions change one day, that's okay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say to just always focus on kindness every step of the way because that's just going to um, lead, lead her, set her on the right path. Beautiful. That's such a nice letter. You've got to keep that for your daughter. I think. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank you so much, Inda, for chatting to me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Yesterday. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. If you'd like to connect with me or find out more about this podcast and my book, which shares the same name, please visit my website, karensepulveda.com. Thank you again. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.